Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Hour. I'm Dr. Mystery, your host, here as always with my very healthy and corona-free co-host, <laughs> well, you hope Donna so. Lee. <laughs> I hope so. I should probably get a test. <laughs> you know, every time know. somebody gets like a like a like a, a, cough? a an itchy nose, mm-hmm. they get a test in our office. They're tired of me demanding that they go to the back to the phlebotomist and get a a test for COVID. I'm I have a, two employees that just texted me just now. I said, go get a test. <laughs> I, I, I'm a board-certified urologist. Are you? This is I'm a, a board-certified You are certifiable. And this is a men's <laughs> health show. This show is brought to you by our urology practice, NAU Urology Specialists. And because of our amazing testing, you know that you're going to get incredibly safe care. Sure. We wipe down everything. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the old joke. Clean-ass I, clinic. I, I've been using so much hand sanitizer when I pee, it cleans the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard that, but that is... Well, a, good. I'm glad. Happening. I will take credit for it then. That is not true because on this show, we are very much against joke stealing. That's right. That's correct. Carlos because, Mencia. Because you are a you are a professional <laughs> comedian. That's right. Do you think Carlos Mencia stole one of your jokes or he threatened no, that he, he, he accused that, you? Yeah, this was ironic. Carlos Mencia, who did use people's jokes after I did a set, he told me that he thought I was too much like Margaret Cho and to watch it because I might be too similar to her. But it was a really good discussion. Margaret chose Chinese, and you are Thai. Those are different countries. We all sound the same when we're doing an Asian accent. I, I can buy that. <laughs> so Donna, true. why don't you tell them about our practice? You can reach us at 512-238-0762. During the week, you can ask for me. I'll answer the phone. Um, our website is armormenshealth.com, and our email address is armormenshealth at gmail.com. You can ask questions. We'll answer them anonymously. You can listen to our amazing, magical, free podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts like iHeartRadio, Spotify, Alexa, all those fun things. And Dr. Mystery is Dr. Worldwide because people in Europe and Asia Worldwide. are listening to us. So you know what I want to talk about today? COVID? Well, you know, way back in the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. when nobody knew what to do. Except cry and panic. All these and ideas. Carbs. All these stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You're, you're COVID-30. Everybody had all these ideas about what to do. Mm-hmm. Then all of them kind of disappeared. There was limitations on PPE. There was limitations on certain medicines. People were just treating Toilet themselves. Paper. Everything was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be really valuable now to kind of look back and see if anything has changed in how medicine perceives early treatment for coronavirus and if there's a preventative strategy. And for that, we have a, a guest who I'm very excited about having on, Dr. Billy Franklin from Victory Medical Center. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hi, guys. So you're a family practitioner and you've been around. I mean, you know, you've been around. I've been around the block. <laughs> you've been around the block, you know. Don't I mean, make everything dirty. I mean, he, you... knows, he knows his stuff is what I'm saying. Can we get through a segment without being dirty? I'm just saying. I mean, if your physician looks like he could also have just come out of Chuck E. Cheese, that's he's going to know some things. But when you got a seasoned Expert. seasoned provider, that's right. you know, he's got the look. And he's got big muscles. So, Dr. Days. Franklin, uh, uh, <laughs> I want to hear about your thoughts about about coronavirus prevention and early treatment strategies and kind of based upon your experience, hit, hit me with it. We are treating um, coronavirus in early stages and there's a great deal of controversy about early stage coronavirus treatment and what works and what doesn't work. I'm a member of an organization called Frontline Physicians. We are physicians that are treating COVID patients and attempting to share our experiences with treating them. Additionally, we're trying to spread the word on the scientific information that's available to support the use of hydroxychloroquine, zinc, 
azithromycin, doxycycline, vitamin D in the early phases of the disease. This medicine doesn't work in a late phase, but this medicine can create a very different course of disease if given early. Now, one of the major arguments for so many of the precautions that we're taking as a society is that although most people will do fine if they get it, some people are not going to do well. And so it's kind of the general societal obligation to protect those people that might get very sick. And then, of course, there are new stories about seemingly healthy people that get very, very sick. So what you're saying is that if you get the disease, these different drugs and medications have been proven, at at least in your experience and and, and the way you look at the data, to help stave off a more severe disease. Yes. Proven is a difficult word to support, but there's there's definitely evidence that the outcome can be changed with COVID virus. What are we trying to avoid? Well, death probably is the... (laughs) Biggest thing. That was the one. And try every day to avoid that. It's like you said, uh, it's hard to predict what's going to happen with the virus. Most of the infirmed or the aged or the ones or the seasoned are the ones that die (laughs) from COVID, but that doesn't always happen. And there are lots and lots of examples of healthy people in their 30s or 40s or even 20s that have died from the disease. Our current treatment that we do early in the disease, as recommended by the CDC or the NIH or the FDA, is pretty much to do nothing, which is unfortunate. And the rationale for doing nothing is that there is something dangerous about hydroxychloroquine. While that argument might have had some validity at the beginning of this pandemic, since the pandemic has started, millions have been treated at the dose of hydroxychloroquine necessary to prevent the disease or lessen the disease. And there haven't been significant complications. I think there was also a concern that limited resources were going to get sucked up by the the kind of looting mentality that that, that was ever present kind of at the beginning of this thing. Well, yeah, it's a peculiar paradox that on one hand, they say it doesn't work. On the other hand, it's going to be overused and not be available for emergency. So it's There's a lot of um, confusing messages. There was some early research that was performed where inpatient hospitals were, inpatient patients were mixed in a study with outpatient, and bad results um, resulted from that study, mostly because uh, they were conflated populations. It confused the story. You can't use really sick people in, in, in the same study as Correct. people who are not so sick. It's not very effective for really sick people. And so what about in a preventative strategy? Do you, do you think that that has any merit? I think particularly things like zinc and vitamin D. Now, there's not good research to support that one way or another. A lot of people certainly believe that you can take the hydroxychloroquine as a preventive, but I'm not sure we can say that absolutely. And it could be confusing because if you're on it and you get it and it's mild, then you might think that you didn't get it at all in the first place. Exactly. And so when it comes to testing um, and um, and hopefully very soon some sort of way of preventing it with through vaccines. Um, what 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 is the patient population that you think it's valuable to test for? Do you think that we should be testing a lot of asymptomatic people? Do you think we should be testing only people that are have symptoms? Where do you li- uh, sit on that? Um, I, I can't understand just testing sick people. You know, the people spread disease when they have it. And so from my perspective, we would need to test everyone. There's no particular reason not to. That way we know who has it and how to isolate people from the disease. And wh- when it comes to um, uh, ultimately, hopefully, the, 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 the introduction and the, and the use of uh, generalized vaccination, um, what are your 
comments to people who might be concerned about taking it, uh, given how fast it was made and all the politicization of, of, uh, of the vaccine itself? Well, I, like many people, have concerns that it was uh, brought to market very quickly without the normal phase three trials that a immunization would experience. So it's, I think it's worrisome. A lot of people misunderstand what they say when they say the vaccine is 95% effective. They don't mean at preventing disease or preventing death. What they mean is that the symptoms got better in 95% of the people. So it's not going to be this panacea that some people think. It's not going to be all of a sudden there's no more disease. COVID's not going to go away as soon as it starts. I wish that was true. COVID has made my life hell. But I think people would be wiser to wait and see how the immunization affects other people and also keep their expectations realistic. I don't think there's going to be dancing in the street because COVID went away. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to go away that quickly either, especially with kind of the limited availability and the and the um, triaging that's being done of who's going to get it. Um, and um, And we all hope for uh, a, uh, um, a, 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 a quick end, but uh, ho- hope is not a strategy, as I've heard some people say. <laughs> right. There's the couple of people, and they said they had a reaction in the UK or Britain or wherever, and then the, then they came out with this statement of, "If you have reactions to things, don't take this." <laughs> I was like, "Well, wh- we don't know what we're doing. Like nobody knows what's going on. It's really frustrating." Well, I mean, they show they show great promise, and it's potentially a solution. But there's also a lot of treatments that are under research. And it could be, like HIV, that we find very effective treatments, even if the immunization is not as effective as we hope. Gotcha. Well, that was uh, really informative and, and, and maybe a perspective that people aren't going to always hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, thank you so much, Dr. Franklin, for giving us that perspective. Uh, you're always such a pleasure to have on the show. Uh, Donna, uh, how do people uh, get a hold of Dr. Franklin? That's right. You can reach him at 512-462-DOCS, which is 3627. I worked for him for a while. That's why I know that number. I know. Um, and the website is victorymed.com. Um, and they're taking new patients always. So thank you so much. And how do people get a hold of us? You can call us during the week at 512-238-0762. You can email us at armormenshealth at gmail.com. You can visit our website at armormenshealth.com. And you can send me your questions, embarrassing or not. We will answer them anonymously. Our podcasts are amazing and we are an award-winning, award-winning podcast. Thank you, Dr. Franklin. The Armor Men's Health Hour is brought to you by Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.